What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday to you. Welcome into Bet to Win. I'm your host, Joe Fan, sitting here in the Blue Wire studios at the Win Las Vegas. Big show for you today on this Monday. Only two episodes remain before we close up shop here at Bet to Win. Again, my content will be moving to social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe underscore fan. Also, be sure to follow at WinBet. Also, winbet.com is where I'll be writing uh, and posting stories several times throughout the week. But appreciate you joining us here on our penultimate show here on Bet to Win. A huge show for you. Nate Tice of The Athletic here to talk football with the NFL season fast approaching. We're going to talk sleepers and busts and a little bit of a conversation on the MVP race, or at least the odds going into the season. Now, before we get to him, unfortunately, anytime you can stumble down the stretch of your show, you've got to do it. And I'm on a nice little losing streak on these winning picks. And so I'm just going to tell you right now, you got to fade whatever I'm telling you at the end of the show. I lost again. The Guardians uh, lost to the uh, Seattle Mariners. Mariners somehow took three of four against Cleveland. Trevor McKenzie, or Tristan McKenzie, was awesome. Except he gave up three runs in the first. That was it. Only run scored in the game by Seattle was a three-run home run in the first thing by Mitch Hanniger. Uh, the Mariners beat Tristan McKenzie, also beat Shane Bieber the next night in a low-scoring game, uh, and ended up taking three of four. But enough from me. I want to get to our guest. It's Nate Tice of The Athletic, a staff writer and podcast host. You've got to check out The Athletic Football Show with Nate Tice and Robert Mays. They do a tremendous job. Follow Nate on Twitter at Nate underscore Tice. Learn something new from this guy each and every week. The analysis, the film study, it's all top shelf. Nate, what's up, man? Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I feel I feel at home with seeing a Mariner shirt as soon as I came out to the screen. You know, now we're in the Dynasty League together, so we have that connection as well. So I, I think you're just buttering me up saying I'm good at all that, just going like, hey, I'm going to see a trade offer from you in a couple couple hours. Go when our nerves went three or four against Cleveland, I felt like I had to come in rocking the Triton. Where are you from in the Pacific Northwest? Uh, I was born in Bellevue. Okay. I, uh, and I grew, yep, I grew up in Maple Valley near yep. Seattle. And uh, I moved to Minnesota when I was seven, when my dad started coaching with the Vikings. But they bought a house in Belfair, like this little shack that's the size of the room I, I'm in right now. They built it up over the years. That was their retirement home. Then they realized that they live in Belfair in retirement. And yeah. they uh, they just bought a house here in Vegas. So that my, my Pacific Northwest roots are kind of like all uprooted now. I no longer have the connections anymore. But Some good golf down by fan. Belfair. Some good golf down Amazing. by Belfair. The, the best yes. round of golf you can play is 36 at Gold Mountain down there. Incredible, incredible afternoon. I'm from Bothell myself, so very close to Bellevue, just up 405. Uh, and now we're both in Vegas. And now we're both in Vegas, exactly. Because <laughs> that's how it works. Um, <laughs> I want to get to this game of sleepers and busts that I'd love to play with you. And the way we're going to play it is I'm going to run through all of the win total projections on win bet. And the way we will determine this is uh, a bust is any team that uh, underachieves by two or two and a half games. Um, and then the opposite uh, for a sleeper who we project might win uh, two or two and a half games more than what the Vegas line is set at. Uh, bear with me. I'm just going to run through all of them and then we'll dive in at four and a half wins, bottom of the barrel the Texans and Falcons at five and a half wins, the Jets and the Seahawks six and a half, the bears, Panthers and lions seven and a half Steelers, giants, commanders, eight and a half Raiders, dolphins, Patriots, saints at nine wins. It's the Browns, Cardinals and Vikings at nine and a half wins. It's the Titans, Ravens, Bengals and Eagles at 10 wins. Uh, the Broncos, Colts and Niners, 10 and a half wins, uh, chiefs, chargers, Rams, Cowboys. And then the three favorites, at 11 and a half wins, the Bills, the Bucks, and the Packers. Nate, let's start with the busts and maybe a team or two that, that you think 
you are way lower on this year than Vegas might be. Uh, that uh, I, it pains me to say this because Dak Prescott's one of my favorite players in the league, and that's the Cowboys. Uh, I think this is this whole offseason. I've been like, oh, wow, Cowboys are really going to build on last year. They're going to do this. And then every time I get optimistic about it, I see who's on the sideline. And it's Mike McCarthy. And I'm like, oh, God, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he's coaching this team, and he seems like he's in the lame duck. I think Sean Payton's on Jerry Jones's uh, speed dial right now. He's speed dial one. But this Cowboys team, uh, they did not really revamp this offense. They needed some speed. They drafted Jayla Tolbert in third round from South Alabama, but he is going to be more of a project than a day one, I think, true impact player. I think he'll be fine player maybe the second half of the year. I think the offensive line, not only just with the Tyron Smith injury, now they have even more question marks that they already did, and that was before the injury. The The depth there is just not what it was. It's not that strength of the team that we have kind of taken for granted with this Cowboys team. I do. I love Dak. I love CD, two of my favorite players at their positions in this entire league, but they're going to have to carry this team. Uh, they really are. So I want to see this offense expand, but I don't know if Mike McCarthy is the guy to do that. I know Kellen, uh, Kellen Moore is the offensive coordinator, but Mike McCarthy still has his tentacles in there. And I think this defense, as dynamic and incredible as they were last year, uh, one of the most fun units to watch in the entire league, I think just defense is hard to sustain year after year. So even if they might be a very good unit, they might not be that crazy elite turnovers, like three turnovers a game, five sacks a game type of unit that they were last year, just natural regression. So I think this is a team that I could easily see going nine and eight or, or bat with a couple more injuries. Dak misses two to three games with something that he catches up. He is healthy right now. Um, but then I could just see this kind of bottom falling out for this team and, and just really having kind of like a doldrum type year. I could also see them winning a couple of games, but if I were to bet, which I am, I'd bet the under of 10 and a half wins for them. Is it fair to say if we go to the other side as a sleeper, the Eagles might fit that bill? Uh, a team, again, if you go back to the win total, it's set at nine and a half, could get up to uh, 11 potentially as the NFC East winners? Yeah, I can see them winning the NFC East, but I think it's going to be a, like there might be a nine and eight winner of the NFC East this year. Don't we have I, that I, conversation I every year? Isn't that what we're doing every year in right. November? And it's like, wait, is it, there going to be a winning team in the NFC and East? It, and it, it's one of those where everyone goes, the Giants, the Giants are, can still make the playoffs. Yeah. Like, you know, you get those like kind of tweet threads about how there's still a statistical probability they make the playoffs at Thanksgiving. Yeah, I think I think we're that's the thing with this NFC East team. I I do like the Eagles. I do. I I love their offensive line. I love the receiver group, of course, with A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard at tight end. I'm a big fan of Devontae Smith. The defense is going to be better than last year, but I got I want to kind of beat over the head with people with people is that they were pretty bad last year. And so, like, yes, they might be better, but that might just be still league average or slightly above that. And I'm not totally sold on Jalen Hurts yet. Uh, I don't think he can operate over the middle of the field, which is where AJ Brown likes to operate. So that would, that kind of synergy, I have, I have to see it to believe it. So I don't know that nine and a half is like a perfect number. Weird. Vegas kind of knows what they're doing, but I think that nine and a half number is kind of like a perfect number for them because I could see them winning division at nine and eight. My favorite busts are the Titans at nine and a half wins and the Patriots at eight and a half wins to me. Okay. The Patriots overachieved immensely a year ago, and I expect the Dolphins to sort of take that spot as the number two team in the AFC East. And the Titans, I just don't... They find a way to win ugly, and they have since Mike Vrabel has yeah. been there. I just think offensively, they're so limited. Derrick Henry has shown he's human. I don't think you can continue to give him the workload that he had uh, two or three years ago, or even last year before he got injured. Um, the defenses don't scare me on either side. Uh, 
Is that fair? Am I am I on the wrong side of that one? Or do you think there's something to those teams being underachievers here in 2022? No, the Titans one's fair, but that's, I, I'm with you. I thought that was going to happen last year. I was like, oh, they're going to fall off. They haven't been the number one seed in the AFC because they got to beat up on a bad division. Uh, I, I'm with you. I think this is a retooling year for them. They are really kind of trying to reconfigure their offensive line, which was a strength for them the last few years. Not last year, but maybe the two years prior to that. Uh, on top of that, Ryan Tannehill is another year older. And, you know, we know what Ryan T- Tannehill is. They don't have A.J. Brown. They try to replace it with Traylon Burks, who is like, I, I don't, even if you're an optimist about him, it hasn't been, it hasn't been a great start for him, like even, even practicing at this point in time. So uh, I think it's going to be an iffy year for them. I think they, I do like the defense. I do like the Titans defense a little bit. I, I think they're feisty. They beat the crap out of teams. Like they're a team that if you have a bad offensive line, uh, they're going to beat the crap out of you. And, and I think there's, yeah, like you said, there's going to be a lot of ugly slogs with them, but I'm with you. I think this, this is going to be a weird year for the Titans. And on top of it, there's two other teams got a little bit better in that division. Uh, let's go to sleepers. I, I mentioned one of mine I to you. Bust. One more bust real quick. Sorry. Yeah, please. I, I, I messed this up. Uh, but one more bust is maybe the Broncos at 10 and a half. Okay. And I, I think the under, I don't know if it's, I'm going to say two full wins less. Are we sure about Nathaniel Hackett? Are we sure? Like I, I want, I want to kind of say like, this is a whole, they lost Mike Munchak offensive line coach. None of the Packers coaches followed Nathaniel Hackett. They all went elsewhere. They stayed with green Bay or they went to Chicago. That is, they followed Luke Getze, who was the offensive coordinator there in Chicago. So I'm kind of that some alarm bells going off for me right there. Uh, they, I think they could be a playoff team. I think they can win nine games and be a wild card team. That's going to be, the AFC is a bloodbath. So if you have any blemishes at all, other teams are going to beat the crap out of you. Like there's going to be a ton of nine to 10 win teams. I think in the AFC that are good teams, but don't win 11, 12 games. Like we expect out of really good teams. So like, that's another one. I'm, I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm saying they're a, a bust, but maybe just like maybe a little more uh, chips, uh, uh, chinks in the armor than we originally thought. I like that a lot. You're right. Unproven head coach uh, division. That is an absolute nightmare. Uh, the best yeah. in football it, by far, in my opinion, like you mentioned, the AFC is loaded across the board. And I, I also want to say, is when you said, are we sure about Nathaniel Hackett? I've been saying this for months. Are we sure about Russell Wilson? Like, what is right. he going to be at 33, a depreciating asset? The athleticism is waning. The off-script magic isn't the there. Here, Seattle I, fan. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> and that's not to say I don't think Russell will be good. I just think he has to be an MVP candidate for this team to yep. get to 10 wins or potentially win the division. I don't know if I want to bet on that or bank on that because of right. what we've seen, not just with the finger injury, but the second half of the 2020 season was not good. Um, he wasn't lights out apart from stretches or quarters or halves, you know, early in the season, he was good, but, you know, he'd fall off late in games and they struggled to score and close teams out. Look at the Vikings game. Uh, who was it? It was the Titans, I think, in week two last year. So yep. I, I don't mean to be a it's- Russell Wilson hater because he's had an unbelievable career. I just don't think we can just chalk it up to where he's got Cortland Sutton and he's away from yeah. Pete Carroll and he's got Jerry Judy and Javante Williams. We're going to see vintage Russ throw 40 touchdowns this year and he's going to be the MVP. I, I just say, uh, you know, to steal the words from Lee Corso, not so fast. Yeah. And his, his scrambling numbers have gone down every year the last few years. Like, Which makes he's not the so much worse. So much worse because you know? he doesn't get those crazy yeah. explosive plays that he used to. And that's what I know. He's 30. He's mid thirties now. Like it's, I think we, I, I, I've known Russ for years and it's one of those where you can see his game. He still is a beautiful deep ball thrower. Don't get me wrong. He's still, Russ can still make those throws, but that creation aspect that was really making him Russell Wilson 
hasn't really been there. Like he's kind of lost that artistic flair a little bit. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I, I think I, I'm with you. That it's like, it's not like he's going to, he has to be an MVP candidate for this team to be what I think people think they are going to be right now in August. I couldn't agree more. Um, let's go to sleepers. I mentioned one of mine to you. I also am really high on the Vikings and I'm falling into the trap of believing in the dolphins, which I hate. I've just bought into just, I just have been eating and just devouring all of the uh, preseason and training camp hype uh, about Tua and that offense. I think the defense is is very capable. Um, I'm a huge believer in Kyle Shanahan, so in turn, I'm a huge believer in Mike McDaniel. I'll never forget talking to Kyle Juszczyk when I covered the Niners uh, back in the day, and he was talking about just how this dude is a wizard, is truly the engineer behind this entire running game that was one of the best and remains one of the best in all of football. I'm in on the Dolphins, and I feel like I'm going to regret it because it feels like everyone's in on the Dolphins. And I've, when you, anytime you buy into all that training camp hype, it usually right. falls short. Um, but where are you at with some of your favorite sleepers this year that you think could overachieve by you know a game and a half, a game, two games, wherever? Yeah, I, I, the Dolphins don't exist to me until about week six, once I figure <laughs> out what the hell they are. Yeah. And uh, that's how it should me, be. Yeah, that, they're one of those teams. I'm just like, I'm, I'm not going to, Put any brave, brave length on or length on them. I'm just gonna let give it some time. We'll figure it out in a few weeks. But by mid-October, you might see some tweets about the Dolphins. Then that's when I'll figure it out. But for me, the number one, and this is tying into that our discussion about the Titans, is the Jaguars at six and a half wins. And I'm not saying this because I think Doug Peterson is Bill Belichick. I'm not saying this because the receivers they signed is Randy Moss and Terrell Owens. I'm saying this because I think Trevor Lawrence is a monster. And I think this, I think he's gonna I I I all offseason, I've been kind of pounding the table for him. And I, I kind of make fun of myself because I'm like, I'm hyping up a number one pick who is a number one recruit. He's been a five-star recruit since like ninth grade. Like, I'm not really like breaking ground here with Trevor Lawrence hype, but I think he's going to take a leap this year as a truly, truly very good player. Um, and really, it's also a bet against, or I think a bet for that losing Urban Meyer is one of the best things that can happen to a franchise because I think it was just a reign of terror going on there, not just on the field, but off the field as well. I mean, we all know that I, we saw what happened, but also other stuff. Uh, but I think it's just that what's around Trevor is a whole lot of okay. Like the offensive line is okay. The receivers are okay. Even if Christian, Christian Kirk got way too much money, he's still a fine receiver. It's just that he's limited to only the slot. I think Zay Jones, who again, is just okay. Actually, him and Trevor Lawrence already have some chemistry. Um, so I think they're just going to take a leap forward because the Titans will fall off. The Colts will be their, their other kind of division opponent, I think, this year that will be feisty. And I think they can you know, sneak some games because Trevor will pull, the, pull them to wins. So it's a bet on Trevor, and I think that's what it is. I don't think that maybe playoffs is very reasonable, but I think eight, maybe a feisty nine-win season is reasonable because, I mean, the AFC is going to be tough but they play in the best division to kind of accumulate some wins. I like that a lot. I think, I don't think you can overstate betting against Urban Meyer. Right. I mean, it was as bad as it, as it was. And we talk about it. I don't think you can overstate it. Like it was yeah. such a comprehensive train wreck to where it seems like it would have been justifiable like a month into the season to fire him. And then, of course, by the end of the year, yeah, it's a no-brainer. But it, it, what a train wreck he was like from crying him! After a preseason loss, because he was like he wanted, he was threatening to fire coaches after a preseason loss because he couldn't handle losing a game. So before the season even started, it was like the the wheels were off. They were 
they're, they're on the tread of their tires or the rims of their tires for the rest of the season. It was a, it's a miracle that there hasn't been two books in a documentary already. Yeah, that season. it's coming. The 30, 30, the 30 for 30 will be <laughs> unbelievable. Um, I want to explain some of the juice here on some of these over-unders. Um, we mentioned the numbers, but not necessarily where uh, the betting line is. Let's talk about the Seahawks because I think this is really interesting. I don't think you'll talk to a talking head or NFL analyst that will say a good thing about the Seahawks. I certainly haven't heard it uh, over the course of the last six months. Their total is set at over five and a half, but it's juiced to the over at minus 145, which leads you to believe that the money is going that way. Um, why do you think the juice is, is on the Seahawks over at five and a half? I, what am I... you? Gave me the topics we're going to talk about today, and Seahawks were one of my bets, the betting over on them, so I'm with it. Uh, I think it's, I mean, gee, oh, okay, this is why I would bet it, I would bet the over. <laughs> I'll just go with that. This is how I could argue it, because I can't get into the minds of the handicappers. But I, Geno Smith is actually more of a confident QB than I think people have given him credit for. Like, he's not Mitch Trubisky. He's not, you know, some of these bad QBs we see over there. He's not like freaking Nick Mullins. Like, you know, he's not Josh Rosen. Like, he, he's fine. He's a fine, he's a below average to fine replacement level QB. Um, I think they have good weapons in Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. I actually think the O-line's decent. They nailed Charles Cross, the first round pick. Like, I, Charles Cross was my my first ranked tackle. I tried to get the hype going for him being the number one pick, but then that lasted about a week. Uh, but I, like, they nailed that pick. I think the defense in Pete Carroll, are, they don't, want to rebuild like they're going to be competitive I, I i like the defense coordinator they brought in from chicago they i don't know i i like them I, I they're not sexy but i think they'll be competitive the nfc isn't anywhere near what the afc is so you can get some crappy wins and just chalk up some cheap wins or you catch a team on injuries and easily i mean it's five and a half i thought they'd be at seven to be honest um and then re-looking at this um they're not sexy but i think they'll be competitive so actually one of my picks was the seahawks at five and a half wins uh, as one of the teams that i think is a sleeper uh, so I don't know if that answers your questions, but it's my my uh, viewpoint on that. It does, and I, and I actually tend to agree because I think there's enough there in terms of continuity, and it might yeah. be ugly, and Pete Carroll ball isn't going to be pretty, and they're going to find a way to to try to win games or make it a four-minute game where they're down three or four and have a chance to win. Right. I think there's enough there uh, offensively, certainly with the line that's been much improved, the weapons. I agree with you and Geno Smith. Just in terms of stylistically, how they want to play. I don't know if there's a team in football that has a clear vision of how they're going to go about this year. Then the 2022 Seattle Seahawks, who invested a second-round pick in Kenneth Walker, are going to bat with uh, Geno Smith, who has been in that system now for, you know, what, three years? This will be his fourth year. Um, And then a defense that has enough pieces with Daryl Taylor, who might be a third-year standout kind of guy. Uh, Jamal Adams looking to revive his career. Quandre Diggs is a two-time Pro Bowler. Um, yep. I, I agree. Just, Jordan Brooks, Jordan, a linebacker. Like, it is not yeah. going to be pretty. But if they yep. start winning games 13-10 or 17-14, or 2017, yep. you're going to be watching games and you're going to be like, oh, shit, the Seahawks are in this. Yeah. How is that? They've gotten outplayed for 45 minutes, but it's a one-score game somehow. That I feel like we're going to be saying a lot watching these Seahawks. And even if they don't get to the five and a half, I think they could be a darling against the spread. Um, <laughs> yeah. Pre- particularly that week one game against the Broncos. I can't wait. That's a lot of bunts and singles and stolen bases. That's what beautifully (laughs) said, beautifully said, I want to stay in the NFC West on a team that I will never bet on for the rest of my life. And that's the Arizona Cardinals. I had a future on them last year to win the division. 
Uh, and it was all oh. but theirs with like four weeks to play. And they absolutely fell apart at the seams uh, with the low light being a loss to the Detroit Lions. No disrespect to the Detroit kneecaps led by Dan Campbell, but the Cardinals cannot <laughs> lose that game. I'm out on Kyler Murray. I'm out on Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for six weeks. Um, they're under, unsurprisingly, is juiced to minus 170 at under nine. Are you fading that and going to take the plus money and take the over? They get the double-digit wins? Or are you like me and say, hey, I don't believe this team is getting any better based on what we saw at the end of last year? I don't believe this team's getting any better based on what we saw last year and the years before. Yeah. I, I I can't. It's that last year I got my teeth kicked in a little bit on our podcast because all I was, the whole preseason I was going, okay, the two teams I know I don't have to worry about are the Bengals and the Cardinals. Like I, I just know they're going to be poorly coached. Uh, they might have some fun players. I love the quarterbacks, but they're going to have to get a new regime there. And then they both start like tearing up the league yeah. for the first couple months. I'm like, I promise I watch film. Like I promise I'm watching it, but that, is more frustrating. And usually it's kind of one of those things where it's like a year later when it catches up to them as kind of how football works is that the, the, the building blocks just aren't there. Like it's, they try to sign vets, you know, stopgap vets, like a guy like Rodney Hudson, who's a great player at center. Uh, they try to JJ Watt, they bring him in, you know, he played well, but then he gets hurt again. They're trying to kind of, there's no, who's their, who are their blue bloods? Like it, it's, it's Kyler, of course. But then, you know, the last two years, they spent picks on, on linebackers that they barely played last year. They're trying to get Isaiah Simmons on the field. Uh, but I, I don't know. Even, I couldn't even tell you who's playing corner for them, like off the top of my head. Like, I love Buda Baker at safety. But then it's you just they lost Chandler Jones. OK, they didn't draft an offensive lineman until day three. They didn't bring anyone in at offensive line that I don't know if that Rams game. People were knocking Kyler uh, in the playoffs, the wild card round. He, he honestly had one second to throw the ball. Like, I, I wish I was exaggerating. It was catch the ball, and then two guys were on him. And I know the Rams bring some heat, but they were able to block it up earlier that year. Um, so I think this this Cardinals team is kind of a weird zombie team. And the funny the funny thing is, it's not like Cliff and Steve Kime, the GM, are on a contract here. They got extensions. So they got extensions. The quarterback got an extension. So I don't know what this team is. Um, yeah, so I, I'm always going to be fading them. It, it Sometimes it'll kick me in the teeth, but so I... I at least we'll be happy about it with that gap in my teeth. Nate, am I a fool for being bullish on the Vikings? Like, no. I just think if if they can play a lick of defense, which they didn't do at all a year ago, I think they can win this division. It's one of my favorite futures this season because I, uh, because I think the Packers, yes, the defense might be one of the best in the league, but at some point, Aaron Rodgers can't be Superman every single year. And... Yes, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are a fantastic tandem at running back. But until I see uh, Romeo Dubes star in the regular season, I'm not going to buy in on him as the savior of the Packers offense. Uh, to me, the Vikings are such a perennially underachieving team. Sort of, to me, the, the, the Chargers of the NFC. They went one and seven yeah. in one-score games last year. You could chalk, you could look at, so many games, not that just they, they lost narrowly, but they blew. I think this team certainly over nine wins, but I like them to win the NFC North as well. I love it. I It's funny. This past week, uh, Robert Mays, my co-host on, on our show, the Athletic Football Show, we have had a new Play Callers episode, and then we just did the NFC North preview, which is out now. And on those, so we talked about Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings, new head coach there. Then we did an FC North preview of both podcasts. You can hear 
some cautious optimism on the new play callers podcast. And then when we did the NFC North preview a couple days later, Robert and I are all in. We're all in on the Vikings. Yes. It, it's just, okay. I know I'm with you. I love the offense. I think this so offense good. is going to. I, this offense is going to be sweet. I'm like really excited for it. And I couldn't believe that. Is you you think oh Kirk Cousins, and the thing with Kirk Cousins is he's still again he's a good quarterback. It's yeah. just that he's not elite. Okay, and I know that's a classic meme of football Twitter or whatever. However, we discuss these guys, but he's still not like garbage. And they're building an offense that is meant to have training wheels on on the quarterback, and that's what Kirk thrives in. He is the best of that version of that quarterback. The the Goffs, the Jimmy G's, the Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr a little bit, Tannehill. They're all kind of cut from the same cloth as how they play. Yep. Kirk throws is one of the best deep ball throwers in the whole NFL. He's one of the best play-action quarterbacks in the whole NFL. And that kind of sounds like redundant, like, oh, okay, play-action quarterback, good for you. This offense is going to thrive in play-action looks. This offense is going to look like how the Rams looked in Goff's last two years, like 2019-ish, like maybe not 2020, but that 2019 Rams offense where it's Thielen is Robert Woods and Cooper Cup rolls Justin Jefferson. And then KJ Osborne actually fits really well in what they want to do. He's their Brandon Cooks. The I'm also, Cook I'm is, pretty hyped about Irv Smith Jr. as well. Not to cut you off, but we didn't get to see him at but, all last year. And this offense is perfect for him because they he's not a big, overwhelming body, but he's uh, like this offense in the run game hides that type of a blocker. So he doesn't have to be this big dude. It all mesh, it all like I, every time I think about it, I'm like, this all makes a lot of sense. Like Dalvin Cook is going to get so many checkdowns and screens, and he's just going to take them down the, down the sideline. Remember Todd Gurley when those Rams offenses were just rolling? How many just checkdowns you catch, and you turn it into a 20-yard gain because on all those play-action plays that tie into the run game, the, the, all the defenders have to have their backs turned pushing for the deep routes. So the checkdowns become amazing. And sometimes those checkdowns go to like garbage players, but when it's Todd Gurley when he was in his prime, that Dalvin Cook, who's still a very fast, very good player with good hands. It's like, that's, I don't know. It's an interesting team. And I, this team last year was the worst two-minute defense in like NFL history. Like they're, they're just their two-minute defense when there were no huddle looks was like the worst ever. They, they, they were good outside of that. That's a luck-based thing. And I think maybe just new coaches, Zimmer getting out of there, I think maybe we'll bring some fresh life into this whole team where the offense isn't treated like second-class citizens. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm optimistic about them too. I'm right there with you. I love the division to win bet. I love them make playoffs bet like uh, over wins. I think they're a feisty team and that NFC middle upper middle class is wide open. That's why I just keep looking back at is that upper middle class of the NFC is wide open. The Eagles and Vikings are my teams, in the NFC. I'm glad we're on the same page there. Nate, I want to let you go. But first real quick in the MVP race, we know the favorites, Josh Allen at five and a half to one Patrick Mahomes at nine and a half with uh, along with Tom Brady. Uh, Herbert at 10, Rodgers at 12, Burrow at 12, Stafford at 12, Wilson at 12. You got Prescott at 15, Kyler Murray at 15. It's kind of the the upper, the elites of the quarterback class uh, rounded out by Lamar Jackson at 18 to 1. Then you jump all the way to 25 to 1 with the likes of Jalen Hurts, Derek Carr, and down, and down below. Uh, the odds get immense really quickly. Is there any sort of dart throw that you think has some value in the MVP race? Yeah, I got like three different size dart throws. My my last little sleeper, by the way, is the Falcons too at four and a half wins. I like the over there because I okay. like the offense. But anyways, they, yeah, they're big not Marcus good, Mariota guy. So I'm super down yeah. for that. Would love I, to the, see him succeed. That offense is the island of misfit toys, and it's so much fun. It's Kyle Pitts is the best receiver, sure. Cordell Patterson was a great receiver at running back. Also, okay, fine, <laughs> like whatever. I love it. Uh, but MVP candidates, if I'm going chalk, Mahomes would be my chalk pick. 
Yep. Um, I think he, the, him and the Chiefs are going to be on a war path this year. I, I think he's playing pissed off. I really do. That I'm pounding the table for the Chiefs. Again, it's like Trevor Lawrence where it's like, woo, really going out on a limb here. But I think it's kind of, you know, and also the narrative that he hasn't won MVP in a few years. So kind of got tempered off of that a little bit as far as narrative wise. My middle class bet would be Lamar. I, I, I had him at plus 2000 where I looked up. I contract year. He's going out for blood. The whole Ravens team is going to be healthy. They last year, no team has had worse injury luck in footballoutsiders.com's uh, history for adjusted games loss. I think they, again, Holly, losing Hollywood Brown's the best thing that's going to happen for that offense because he was a terrible match for what they wanted to do. Good luck, Cardinals. Um, if I want to go long shot, long shot would be Trevor Lawrence at plus 4,000. Uh, at 40 to 1, again, narrative. I Do I think this is going to happen? No, that's why it's at 40 to 1. Uh, but he has some name recognition, which also helps with the narrative. But the Jaguars might surprise people. If things break right for them, they're in a bad division, they sneak a couple games, and they win 9, 10 games, and they make the playoffs, or they win the AFC South if the Colts can't take it, and Trevor takes the leap that maybe the path that where he can take that true Pro Bowl leap, that's the argument for that. That's like that kind of like, ooh, the second-year quarterback that led their team to success, and the Jaguars haven't made the playoffs in, since 2017. So I could see the narrative for that. But that, that is my very, very far, far, far dark throw is the Trevor Lawrence. And that maybe it's just because I, I bought so much hype on him. <laughs> I love it. That's good stuff. Yeah. He is Nate Tice, NFL writer and podcast host. Check out the uh, athletic football show. Him and Robert Mays do a tremendous job. Follow Nate on Twitter at Nate underscore Tice. Nate, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so, so much for your time here. I uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was great. Good stuff there from Nate. Again, nobody covers the NFL better than Nate Tice. The Athletic has such a strong team over there, and he is a huge part of it. Again, follow him on Twitter at Nate underscore Tice. All of his work over at The Athletic. Big thanks to him uh, for giving us some of his time here on Bet to Win on this Monday. Uh, win bets. Bet 50 win $200 promo. It continues. New win bet users can receive 200 bucks in free bets after they make their first qualifying deposit and place that first bet on win bet. Once the bet is settled, uh, you will receive four installments of $50 free bets. Go to winbet.com or download the WinBet app for official rules and details. Big gulp, winning pick time. Been losing pick time here of late. I'm 3-5 and five now in August after starting. I think it might have been 3-0 and oh to open the month. I lost either four or five in a row. Minus 2.27 units on the month. I'm going Moneyline Parlay. Blue Jays against the Cubs. Cardinals at the Reds. Plus 112. You can get that at WinBet. Uh, Jose Barrios has been excellent over his last two starts, and I'm always happy to bet on the Blue Jays' bats. And the Cardinals have just been tearing the cover off the baseball. A, plus, or a 149 WRC plus since August 1st. That leads all of baseball. It's the Blue Jays. It's the Cardinals. Moneyline parlay at plus 112. That'll do it for this episode of the show. Appreciate Nate Tice for joining me here on Bet to Win. Just one episode left. I hope you'll join us. We'll see you Thursday. <laughs> 